Welcome to the Seven Figures Podcast. I'm Sandy Waters. The goal of this weekly podcast is to give you all the information that you need to dominate your finances. You can and will achieve financial freedom. You just have to have a clear vision. What is your financial goal? Picture it. Then commit to a plan that's going to get you there. Stick to that plan. And without a doubt, you will succeed. You can retire early. We're going to tell you how today. First, we want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to join the podcast. We really appreciate the reviews and ratings and sharing the podcast with friends. And speaking of friends, Family First Credit Union, big supporters of the Seven Figures podcast and big supporters of financial education. Earning and learning go hand in hand. And Family First is here to help you in the greater Rochester community with both. So how can you retire early? We cash in with our expert, Deacon Hayes. I first met Deacon when I was a guest on the Stacking Benjamins podcast. Deacon is a super smart guy, founder of Well-Kept Wallet, a financial education company. He's been featured in Yahoo Finance and CNN Money, an author of the book, You Can Retire Early. Deacon, thank you so much for helping us out with this. Hey, Sandy. Thank you for having me on. Okay, we're all very anxious to find out how we can retire early, the steps that we need to take. But first, if you don't mind, I wanted to bring Amy on, a listener of the show, because I always encourage anyone to reach out at any time with specific areas of finance that they're struggling with. And I think Amy's question is a very common question. Amy, meet Deacon, Deacon, Amy. Hi, Deacon. (laughs) Hi, Amy. Nice to meet you. Amy, you're divorced, but about to get remarried, right? You got it. Okay, so now talk us through the scenario, the question that you have. So my fiancé and I both come from a very bad financial relationship with our exes. So to protect ourselves, we didn't know what the best case scenario would be to not go through that same um You're editing yourself right now. I could tell. I could tell you're trying to edit the way you describe your past relationships. Did you pick up on that, Deacon? I did. It was awful. So it was awful. We came from two people who just spent, 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 and didn't care about paying bills. So now we're both not like that. Okay. So you're extra cautious now going into this. Yes. Um, We both had children, so... He pays a lot of money in child support, and I don't get child support, but I don't know what the best way to handle the kids' finances as well. Have you discussed this at all? Do you have a game plan and you want to see if it's the right way to go? Or Yeah. So we were going to do like a joint account for all the household bills and then a separate account so that if I wanted to buy something... It's coming out of this separate account. And if he needed to buy something, it comes out of his separate account. Okay. But then I feel like we'll be not together. Yeah. So uh, it is, you know, common, like Sandy was saying. And, and what what I would say is, is you know, um, it's smart for you to be cautious, right? In the sense of, hey, you're, this is the, you've had this past experience and you're trying to make sure that you do, you know, this new marriage the right way, right? And mm-hmm. so what Definitely. I would say is focus less on, on the accounts right now and focus more on combining your finances on paper, right? And so really okay. just kind of saying, okay, let's have one piece of paper that kind of combines all the numbers, you know, what's, what's the money he brings in, what's the money you bring in, um, what's the child support that he has to pay, what are the kids' activities, mm-hmm. everything on one piece of paper, um, and, and their massage, right? 
because you know mm-hmm. my wife and I have um, she has a what I call a girl account, you know, and um, it's not that we're living separate lives. It makes it easier <laughs> for her because she has a she has a bucket that she says, hey. If I want to go out to coffee with friends, or if I want to buy some clothes that's really not in the budget, she has the capacity to do that. So um, okay. I understand that fear of saying, oh, if we have these separate accounts, it's kind of like we're not living together. Um, but, it, you know, if we have it all in one login, right? So you guys have mm-hmm. those separate accounts, which is like a girl and a guy account. Um, but mm-hmm. Both of you can see what's happening, right? Um, okay. And I think it's just an account. It's an accountability thing, right? It's not a trust thing. It's a, hey, Okay, the, the thing that I really recommend is that you guys put together some common goals, right? Um, do you want to put your kids through college? Do you want to go on a family vacation once a year? You know, mm-hmm. things like that, where it's you and your new husband, you say, hey, what do we want to do as a family? And then let those goals dictate your budget. Um, not necessarily, you know, what he wants or what you want, but really what do you guys want as a family? So how much do you guys put into your individual accounts, Deacon? Do you do a percentage of your paychecks or how do you determine how much goes in? So really the goals dictate that, right? It's kind of, uh, I mean, in a what's left over situation. So, okay. you know, we're prepay- prepaying our mortgage down, right? We're putting a certain amount of money every month away towards travel because that's important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, gifts, that's going to be huge for you, right? Because you're going to have a ton mm-hmm. of kids. And so, um, mm-hmm. you know, birthdays. Um, you know, anniversaries, um, you know, any type of special occasion, um, making sure that you have a gift account. Um, so really letting the goals dictate the budget and less uh, percentage. Okay. So since we both have kids, how do we pay for what they need? Do we pay out of our separate accounts or the joint account? It would come out of like a joint account, right? Like that would be kind of the family money. I guess the okay. idea would be just making sure that everything's done on paper saying, hey, you know, make sure that the kids are getting a fair shake, you know, that not one kid is getting like designer clothes and the other kids getting, mm. you know, thrift store clothes, you know. So mm-hmm. um, and that's what that's what putting it down on paper really helps you do is say, is it is it fair? And if not, you can start to adjust the numbers a little bit and say, hey, well, you're in three activities and this kid's only in one. And, you know, that's really not realistic. So we need to kind of trim down one, you know, one kid's activities or whatever. Um, and so kind of being less about, you know, us versus them and more of like, as a family, here are our goals. And then here's where the money's coming from. And, you know, beyond that, you know, you don't really have, um, you know, there's not much flexibility. So it's not like you're, you're telling a kid, no, you can't do this because I don't want you to do it. You're saying, well, we can't do that because it's not in the budget. Okay. That makes total sense. Is that the biggest challenge? Is there any other question that you have? No, um, it really cleared up how to the whole process and deal with how to move forward. Yeah. Setting that ultimate goal first. Just have that one clear vision that you're both trying to achieve. Absolutely. Yeah. Making sure that it's kind of, hey, let's sit down, figure out those major goals and then put all the the finances on paper for both sides um, and then make sure that the kids are getting a fair shake. And I, I think that's a great place to start. All right, Amy, good luck to you. Congratulations, by the way. I appreciate your help. Thank you so much. Bye. Now let's move into your book, which is You Can Retire Early. And now for some people, they're thinking, yeah, right. The money isn't coming in for me to retire early. What are you talking about? But in your book, you give us the steps on how anybody can achieve this. Yeah, you know, and it's funny. We actually thought the same way, right? My wife and I, when we got married, we had 52 grand in debt. And, you know, 
retirement wasn't even an option in yeah. our minds at that point, right? And like, hey, we got to tackle this debt first um, before we can even start saving money for retirement, you know? Um, and so, yeah, that the book is really kind of designed to tell people, like, here are case studies based off of, you know, people that you could relate to, um, you know, whether they did it through real estate or stock market or uh, creating a business and saying, hey, this is possible. You know, one of my favorite stories, it's I kind of referenced it in the book, is Roger Bannister. He was the first guy to run a four-minute mile. Before him, nobody ran a four-minute mile. After him, hundreds of people ran a four-minute mile, right? It's like once you see that person do what you think is impossible, mm. make and, they, and it's possible, well, then for you, it starts to become a, a reality, you know, that this could happen. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what these stories really do is kind of paint pictures of like, hey, wow, I could do that. The general rule of thumb is what? How much can you live off of? Is there an easy way to look at the big picture and what is that? finish line what is that goal what's that number that we should be striving for yeah it it really depends right like if you live in new york city it's going to be a lot different than if you live in like indiana right Mm. um and and so really kind of focusing on like where where do you live like what is the cost of living in your area um and if, if you don't make a lot of money it might also consider moving you know we did talk about some places like uh, Ecuador, you know, where you can move and, and live like a king on, you know, $4,000 a month, right? Ecuador, um, Deacon. I can't pack up and well, move I'm, to I'm, Ecuador. <laughs> well, no, maybe not you, but my friend Chad did that. He did and his he family really? with two kids. Yeah, they moved to Ecuador. So, um, but, but the reality is, is it, it doesn't have to be there. It could oh, be my God, Kansas, that's just right? crazy to me. Does he? Not, does your friend Chad not have a family here? Uh, you know that they are in the U.S., but I think that him and his wife, it was a it was a dream of theirs to live wow. abroad. Now they're not going to do it. They're not doing it forever. They're only doing it for a year, right? Okay. Um, but they, but they can do that because they're financially independent, you know. And I think that that's the thing that you kind of say. What what are my goals? And that kind of dictates how much money you need to live off. Of. Okay. So you know, if your goals were to live in Ecuador and it only costs three to four grand a month to live. Well, then you're going to need thirty six thousand to forty eight thousand dollars in income each year to be able to do that. Um, you know, if it's New York City, well, then you're probably going to need a hundred grand, yeah. you know, or one hundred and fifty grand a year. Um, and so, the people that retire the earliest typically live in an area where the cost of living is lower, okay. right? And it's less it's less about stuff and it's less about status and it's more about freedom, you know, and that 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 dictates their plan. And you said it in the book, and it is so true. Once you achieve that financial freedom, that moment when you're like, okay, I feel comfortable. I don't have to stress over how I'm going to pay the bills. It feels so damn good. You have this renewed confidence. You walk into work like, okay, you need me more than I need you. It's such an awesome feeling. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. And I think that that's the thing. You know, I worked um, multiple jobs throughout my life where, you know, you clock in, you clock out. You know, if I want to go on vacation, I got to submit it to my boss, you know, mm-hmm. driving in rush hour traffic both ways, you know, and I didn't feel free. I felt kind of like trapped. Um, and now kind of being on the other side of saying, gosh, I can work when I want, if I want, you know, um, you know, I can, I've got two kids on the three. If we want to go travel, we'll go visit the in-laws. We can, you know, it's the, the freedom. That feeling is amazing. You started off in your relationship, $56,000 in debt, you said, right? Are you at a... Yeah. Are you at a point right now where you could just hang it up and retire? So technically, yes. But here's the caveat. Yeah. Uh, we, ha- we have goals that are bigger than our current lifestyle. Okay. So, 
meaning that we would like to travel more. We would like to put more money away for our kids' college. Okay. And so because because of things like that, we couldn't. But if those weren't important, if we said, hey, we don't want to travel you know, internationally and we're going to let our kids fend for themselves, we could say, yeah, we could comfortably live with what okay. we bring in. Uh, but the, the reality is, is I think um, – you know, that's why it's important to understand what those goals are, mm-hmm. because some people think that they can retire early and they do it. And then they realize, oh, my gosh, I haven't thought about my kid's college yet or I haven't thought about vacationing once a year or, oh, the fact that I need to replace my car every you know, yeah. five to 10 years, you know, those kind of things. And it's even a, um, more of a mindset. I see it as like my goal is to retire at 55. I'm 41. Now, I probably won't retire at 55. But to have the mindset that, okay, at 55, I will have enough where I could retire, but, you know, then I can pick and choose if I really want to or not. Just the mindset of, hey, I could retire if I wanted to. Is, yeah, you get on a great point. It's powerful. Yeah. Yes. So for me, I don't think I'll ever retire, retire. Right. I, I love to be productive. I love to help other people through business. And so for me, it's just more of, like you said, that mindset of, Hey, if, if we did want to go someplace for six months and go visit my buddy in Ecuador, you know, we could, you know, um, and not be kind of trapped. And so really it is, it's less about like, I don't want to work. It's more about, I want to be able to retire towards kind of a bigger goal. Okay. So now if you're listening to this and you're thinking, hell, there's no way I'm going to be able to get enough money together. Um, Let's talk through some of these steps that you cite in the book, how it is possible for anybody to do this. You have to decide on taking control of your finances. You have to commit to the plan, act on it, and then you will succeed. So what's our plan? What are some steps we can follow? Yeah, the first thing is to have a strong why. You know, I mean, you could say, hey, I want to retire early, but why? Right. I mean, it could be, hey, you know what? I don't I don't want to grind out a nine to five anymore. Like, I'd rather be you know, doing woodworking in my shop and, you know, selling trinkets, you know, at flea mm-hmm. markets on the weekends and spending time with my family. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you just kind of say, that's, that's what I would rather be doing. And so now you're like, how do I get there? Or it could be, you know, Hey, you want to go live in Australia for, you know, uh, five years or whatever. I mean, people have kind of their own unique goals. And so that why, and if you're, if you're married, you know, doing it with your spouse, just really kind of saying, what is that? Why? And then, you know, it, as corny as it sounds, I mean, you get like a picture of uh, Australia, right? Like, I don't know, a, a field with sheep in Australia and you put it in your <laughs> visor in your car mm-hmm. and you flip it down when you get in the car on their way to work, right? And you kind of remind yourself like, hey, this is why I'm doing yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, or, or putting it on your fridge, like maybe it's your kids, you know, you constantly have a picture of your kids and um, you're like, okay, I want to provide for them. I want to put the kids, put them through college because I didn't get that opportunity, whatever. Um, and, and that's the first place to start. Once that's solidified, then you're willing to take the steps necessary to kind of follow through with whatever plan you choose. And that, I think, is what Amy was missing, right? Because she isn't married yet. They haven't achieved that why yet together. And maybe that's why it's so confusing for her, do you think? Oh, absolutely. And, and that takes time, right? And that's why it's like, you know, you don't want to kind of just jump all in. You kind of want to just say, you know, let's let's sit down and let's get the process going because mm-hmm. that why doesn't happen typically in one conversation because it's going to get flushed out over time. I think we kind of get beaten down in society of kind of like, well, the normal is you retire at 67. Maybe not. Maybe you become a Walmart greeter and you retire at 74, you know. Mm-hmm. And so 
um, you, you kind of have to say, no, let's rewind back and let's start with, okay, what are the reasons why we want to do it? And then how do we create a plan to do this together? And it's amazing how possible it really is. So now how do you create this plan? Yeah, so once you get the why, then it's kind of figuring out the cost of living situation, right? Like, so where, where do you want to be and how much is it going to cost you? So let's just take an example of, let's say it costs you 48 grand a year to live um, in, you know, let's say Montana. Um, you, you could say, okay, well, at that point, if I wanted to go the real estate route, I need to get four real estate properties that net me $1,000 a piece. So that's $4,000 a month. And you times that by 12, that's 48 grand a year. So that's an oversimplification, but that's kind of the, the path. And then you say, okay, well, what do I need to do to get that first property, right? I'll need to come up with, say, 20, 25%, put it down. I'll have to make sure that, uh, you know, you figure out the management process, whether you have a proper management company, do it yourself. Um, and then once you have that done, get the second one um, and kind of work your way towards your fourth property. You know, so that's one route. Um, the other route would be, you know, the stock market. Um, there's a rule where you could say, you know, you need 25 times your income. And just to make it simple, uh, let's say that you had, you know, $10,000 a year. That means you need $250,000. You know, obviously that's 10000 is not a lot. But just giving you an idea mm -hmm. that that's how you can kind of make that calculation and say, I need that much in the stock market to be able to kind of pay, you know, for my lifestyle um, with my current salary. Um, so that's the second route. And then the third route would be business. Um, and that's my favorite. Um, that's what that I do personally, because you can create multiple streams of income and kind of diversify. Um, but I'm very much a anti-debt. So doing everything bootstrapped, you know, with cash and proving the concept. So those are kind of the three different routes to get there. And I know you talk a lot about you have to know your net worth. Um, I don't think people spend enough time really crunching those numbers. Can you just help us figure out how to crunch those numbers and why it is so important to be aware of that? Yeah, and first, I want to have a disclaimer, um, because we live in America, or at least, you know, I know you're in New York, is uh, that it, it can be depressing, because, you know, like when my wife and I did it for the first time, we had two properties in the height of the recession, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, our properties were worth like 40% less than, you know, what we owed on them. Mm -hmm. And then plus, we had 52 grand in debt. So the reality was, we were starting severely in the negative. But had I been tracking that before the, the process, that might have never been the case. So that's why ah. it's so important to say, it's to say, okay, really, I got to have a clear picture of where I am financially right now. So if you're listening to this, you know, get out a piece of paper and at the top, write assets uh, and at the bottom, write liabilities. And assets are going to be like your house, your 401k, your IRA, your savings, you know, could be your cars potentially, depending if you, you know, you have debt because you want to kind of balance that out. This, you know, then the bottom is going to be credit card debt, you know, for liabilities, credit card debt, mortgage debt, student loans, car payment, or not car payment, car car loan, mm -hmm. all those things kind of there. So assets minus liabilities equals your net worth. And so the reality is, is now once you do that, you have a starting point to say, hey, I've got a negative net worth. I want it to be positive. Or maybe you've got, you know, a $50,000 net worth. And you say, okay, by the end of the year, I want to have 75000 so now you start to think differently because you're like, okay, I know where I am. I know where I want to be. And so here's how I'm going to get there. Yeah, that's the plan. It's all about just take an extra second and plan. And, and make the most of your current income is what you say, too. When it comes to having cash to retire early, it's not about how much money you make. It's about what you do with that money. You wrote it in your book, and I've heard it from so many financially stable people. Yeah, I, you know, so I had this friend of the family, I called my uncle, uh, Uncle Bill, and he uh, 
he never made more than 30 grand a year and he, he died with almost a million dollar net worth. And that always stuck with me because it wasn't the money that he made. It was what he did with what he made. Mm -hmm. And so um, he lived on significantly less than what he made. Um, and he, he lived decently. I mean, he went out to nice restaurants on occasion. Um, you know, he had a, an apartment that was well, um, I don't know to say furnished and just, it was a nice place. It wasn't like he was living in the slum. Um, but the reality was is he's very conscious of every decision that he made. Um, and so I think for people that are looking to retire early, that mindset is, is key to kind of say like, Hey, it's not about stuff. It's not about status. It's about, I want this from me and my family, you know? And so that means that, you know, like when my wife and I go out, we typically order water, you know, we could afford to order beer or soda or whatever. Um, but we go out, that's what we choose to do, you know? And it's, I don't feel like it's a sacrifice. It's just kind of like, gosh, to spend $2 on a soda that costs, you know, 10 cents. That's yeah. ridiculous, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so really just kind of saying, okay, no matter where you are in the income equation, you can make decisions today that will help that income kind of stretch farther and, and be able to work harder for you. So, you know, put it towards your debt, put it towards your investments um, and, and kind of make that decision today so that you can retire even sooner. Before you spend even a dollar, Think of the return on investment. Is it going to help you move closer to your goal? Whatever that why was. You'd had an interesting stat about lottery tickets. It's not something that wealthy people do because they know statistically they're not going to win, right? I, there's so many, I, I forget what the, the, the actual numbers are, but it's like you're almost more likely to get struck by lightning than winning the lottery, right? Or getting eaten by a shark. I mean, mm -hmm. there's all these things where it's, it's, not, a, it's not a reality and that's why, like, even if you look at casinos, right? I mean, that's why casinos have huge buildings and all of these people and, you know, the, the, the saying, the house always wins, right? When you're gambling, the reality is, is things are stacked against you. And so um, really what I'd rather people do is, you know, take that money that they would spend on the lottery and put it in an index fund, right? And, and so say, hey, if I was instead of putting this money, let's just say it was, you know, I'm throwing number 200 bucks. Uh, a month towards the lottery, you know, and if people get scratchers and lottery tickets and all that stuff, and you put that in, in a stock account and you did that for 45 years at like 8%, you'd have over a million dollars. Right. So it's kind of like, let me give you a sure way or at least right. a more, yeah. a more likely way to become a millionaire. Right. Here's yeah. a way to do it versus the, the lottery. Yes. Okay. It's fun once in a while. Everybody's talking about the big jackpot and whatever. You want to throw a couple bucks. Okay. But don't make it the habit and the way you think you're going to make, you know, financial freedom happen. Okay. So since this is the Seven Figures Podcast and we're talking about money here, we want to get a little personal, if you don't mind. When you were growing up, were there a lot of discussions at home? It really was. If you needed money, you borrowed it, right? I mean, it, that was kind of the mentality when I was growing up. And that's probably the $52,000 debt that you acquired over time. Well, that was you and your wife combined. How much was your personal debt then? Uh, so that's a good question. It's probably a little bit more than half. Okay. So, yeah, growing up it's with that mindset of what my parents taught me, it was, hey, I, I need a reliable car. I need to finance. I, hey, I need to go to school and I can't pay for it even though I'm working while going through school. I'm going to get student loans. Hey, we want to go on a, a honeymoon. Well, I'm just going to put on a credit card, right? So it was just that mindset that I learned growing up that, hey, if you want to do something, this is how it's done. And, you know, I obviously learned that that was the wrong way to think. So what was your aha moment then? What was that? What was that event that happened in your life where you're like, I got to turn this around. And now you're like the financial guru. <laughs> 
So getting married, right? I mean, once, you know, when it's just you, then, you know, I, I didn't really think about it, right? Like, hey, this is how I do things. Mm. But then when I got married, I realized, oh, well, my wife does things a totally different way. Ah, so maybe okay. what we need to do is figure out a way to do stuff together um, as, as a couple, as a team. And we found out that we were both were doing it wrong. So we decided, okay, let's learn from people that are successful with money. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I read books from, you know, Jim Cramer, Robert Kiyosaki, Dave Ramsey, Ron Blue, all these guys that were personal finance experts, um, you know, kind of further along and said, hey, what are they doing? What do they recommend? And then apply those principles to our lives. Okay, awesome. And now what lessons do you, are you planning on carrying on to your kids then? How do you uh, talk about money with the family? So one of the biggest things that I think is important is understanding how to make money. I think that, you know, anybody understands, hey, I, I need to cut my, like cut my expenses, you know, well, I can coupon or I could go when kids are free on Tuesday or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the making money is a skill set that I think is lost. Um, and so that's why you have a lot of these kids that are still staying at home in their thirties with their parents, you know? And, and so really for me, I really want to ingrain in my kid at an early age, kind of how to, how to make money from nothing. So for instance, uh, I was thinking, I, I, I have a co-working space. And so, um, go buy one of those vending machines where you can put like trail mix in it. Mm-hmm. And so my son, he's Finn is his name. And so I say, Hey Finn, let's go to Costco. Let's get some trail mix. Um, it costs five bucks. Okay, buddy, you're going to take that. You're going to put it inside this machine. Okay, and in a couple of weeks, we're going to come back. You're going to grab the quarters out of it. You're going to count them and see if we made a profit or not, right? If there's 750 in there, I'll say, hey, 750 minus five is what? 250. How much profit is that? 250. Okay, if it's not, um, you know, so kind of going through that process of mm. even at a young age, as a five year old or whatever, he's, he's three right now, but. Oh, he's just a five. little mooch. Okay. And you're already starting these lessons. Okay, good. Yeah, but but I'm just thinking through like teaching him so he's not dependent on the government or dependent on someone else. He's, he he knows that like hey, if I need money, I can figure it out. I mean, 2017, it's crazy with things like TaskRabbit and Uber and DoorDash. I mean, pretty much anybody can make money today, mm. um, just if they know how to do it. Yeah, there's really no excuse anymore. No, there isn't. And but but some people don't they don't know about all those opportunities. And yeah. so that's kind of what I'm trying to do is. It's just enlighten them. Be that Roger Bannister saying, hey, look at all of these possibilities and find the one that really fits you best. Do you uh, share the financial responsibility in your house or is the one person that takes the lead? So I definitely it's it's definitely lopsided towards me because I'm more of like a like a spreadsheet kind of guy. Ah, but we okay. make decisions together. So like I'll I'll create the data and then we'll as a team, we'll go over that together um, and so it really can, it can vary from couple to couple, but that's what it looks like in our house. Okay. And now that it is the holiday season and you said you have two kids. Yeah. Two kids under three. Oh my God. You got a party in your house all the time. Total chaos. <laughs> what do you get a little three-year-old and then. Basically yeah, three and one, three and one. Oh my God. So cute. So do you now see this is, this might not be the right question for you because they're still so tiny. You'd probably spoil the heck out of them during Christmas. Do you set budgets? We do. So we actually have a gift account um, and we put money in it every month. Uh, so that way when Christmas comes, we have a hundred percent of the cash to pay for Christmas. So, um, and we're very much, we're kind of minimalists in the sense that we, it's not about stuff. It's about quality, right? So okay. if we got, a couple, a couple of good gifts 
versus a bunch of little gifts, you know. So um, really, you know, my son loves trains, so we're probably going to get him a train table that has, you know, a few trains on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so hope the hope is is that that will last him at least another year till the next Christmas and maybe get a couple other little things. You can retire early. Everything you need to achieve financial independence when you want it. And yes, you can retire early. Anyone can. How can we get your book? So the best place is wellkeptwallet.com slash retire. Uh, we're basically doing a promo right now. So I have a course I created called Debt Free in 18 Months, and we're giving it away for free if people pre-order the book or order it in the first week of the release. So um, that's wellkeptwallet.com slash retire. Awesome. Deacon, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Danny. Next week on the Seven Figures podcast, I feel like we're going to get closer to one another because I'm going to have you peer into my relationship. I'm inviting my husband, Mike Danger, in on the show and another couple. I think it's so important to learn from each other. Everybody is so hush-hush when it comes to money and how they manage their money. But I think the only way to grow and to achieve financial freedom is if you can learn, if you can take advice from other couples and see how they do it and what fits for you. So we are going to be open, honest, candid, because we made our mistakes too. So hopefully you can learn from them next week on the Seven Figures Podcast. And now it's time, my favorite part of the podcast, I bring in my dad. Sometimes you need to see the financial picture from a different angle. And I think dad's inspirational quotes does just that. It's father knows best, my dad's two cents. Have a great weekend. Dominate your finances. Well, you all heard of the phrase, don't just stand there, do something. Well, when it comes to finances and spending money, I say, don't just do something. Stand there and think before you make a purchase that you can't afford and you won't have the money to pay for later. 